The Zooier Than Thou podcast contains mature content and language and may not be suitable for younger audiences. Thanks for your understanding. Greetings, fellow zoos, and welcome to the ultimate episode of Zooier Than Thou Season 1. I'm Lovecat. And I'm Tuggle. Hear me squeak. And we'll be your hosts for this evening's Madness and Mayhem. Holy shit. Mm -hmm. This is the last episode of Season 1. Cannot believe it's been 12 full months at this point, going into the next year. It's pretty astounding. It's been a really cool ride. Yeah, I mean, I can hardly believe it even happened, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, and almost, I mean, it... It came close to not happening, for sure. Yeah, it sure did, a couple of times. <laughs> for the, for the so, world's first ever zoophile podcast, I think we're not doing too bad. It was fun when we were like the like one in just a million of them. It's just like inundating <laughs> with zoo podcasts. <laughs> Oh, that was fun. (laughs) Finding our particular droplet in that ocean. Wow. (laughs) Well, over the past year, we have gotten so many emails and we still haven't answered all of them on the air. Uh, But uh, we have a couple here that we wanted to pull out uh, today. Some of them are a little bit older. Some of them are newer. I want to start with Pink Stray. It's a little little hard to read, but I'm going to read it the best I can. Uh, it, the subject is of a place slash a space. Pinkstray writes, I should be equally referred to as a gray muzzle, trust plus empathy, so it goes, etc. Age 51 here, zoo since age 20. I resonate with the notion that being is joyful. Thank you for that. There has never been a voice out loud that has let out loud of our stance slash feelings. Yet here we are. I value you guys for essentially saying, fuck the mold of expectation and moral conformity. We are. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. Elk yeah, bruh. Mm-hmm. So that's one of our earlier emails. And thank you so much, Pink Stray, for real. Yeah, for real. <sighs> Getting emails like that has always been the kind of thing that keeps me going. Mm-hmm. Uh, making this making this worth doing. Absolutely. Can't tell people how, uh, how it is, you know, when we get these kinds of emails to know that uh, what we're doing is having the effect on people that it's intended to have. Uh, yeah, it makes it feel like we're in the right direction. So, mm-hmm. thank you. This email comes from Dark Owl, who says, I want to say thank you for the wonderful podcast. Well, you're welcome, and thank you for for thanking us. It's a, it's a definitely it's definitely a team effort, and uh, the yeah. listeners are part of the team. Uh, I've been a zoo for most of my life. I discovered my zoo self in my teen years and had to hide it from my family after high school. I moved away, and for a while, I was so depressed and thought I was alone. I found beast form when I was 22. I felt a sense of amazement that there were others like me. Unfortunately, I found it near the end of its life. Luckily, a guardian zoo, you could say, sent me a link to Zooville 1.0. Unfortunately, it was hacked, but luckily the mod made it better and more secure. One of my best friends from Zooville told me of your podcast. I've been following the show and love every episode that you all make. I just wanted to say thank you all for being so generous and kind for making this show amazing. I love each and everyone in the wonderful community. Me and my girl eagerly await the next episode. Dark Owl. That is sweet. So nice. Yeah. It is sweet. I'm glad you found the podcast. I'm glad you found some community. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
hopefully you've got some good role models out there. I, th- I think he's still young. He said he found Beast Form when he was 22 at the end of his life. Mm-hmm. That would have been last year, right? Yeah. So Yeah, that was just about a year ago. He's a younger zoo, yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you find some people who who can uh, you know, help you explore your zooey self in a positive and beneficial way mm-hmm. to both you and your lovely girl. Dark Owl, it's a pleasure and an honor to be a part of the community which you have found. And um, I can't tell you how much it means to um, to provide that in any way at all for you and for anyone else who needs it. Yeah, man. All right. This next one is from UD. Uniquely mm. Dangerous, maybe? Mm. Mm. Intriguing. UD. Uh, the subject is Old Schooler Listens to Episode 4. So, as you can see, this is uh, <clears throat> quite long ago. But here is what UD says. Howdy! So I was listening to this episode hosted by Kion, and imagine my surprise when suddenly he was talking about Hound Dog Sex on Fnet, a channel I helped start and was an admin on for years. Kalzu, of which I was a founding member, and Sleepies. And I was like, how do I not know this person? And then he mentioned his dog by name, and I was like, I knew Zane, so I guess I know who Kion is. And then he mentioned that party in Portland that I drove up to with Wolf, at which we met five or six Pacific Northwest zoos, including both the now infamous, and rightly so, Dog Lover and Dog Dude. So of course it had to be him. Uh, We are connected on Twitter, but we haven't really talked in years. Anyway, it was nice to hear another old fart on the show, and I appreciated his explanations of the differing terms and facets of our community at large, as well as the now ancient forums and communication methods we used. Like many back in those days, I got my start on Usenet in the news group Alt, Sex, Bestiality, or ASB. I got an account with the now long-defunct remailer anon.pinet.fi, which I remember being... I don't know how to say it because I'm a dumbass, but I remember, what's his name talking about that? Michael, last episode. And thus began the online portion of my own Zooey history. From there, I discovered both the multiple worlds, Talkers, Sleepies, and Lintilla. Yep, there were definitely community divides back then. Specifically, their Zoo ports. Aha! They had a number of other ports, each covering a different, potentially controversial or subcultural interest, but I digress. Then followed IRC and W-O-Z-M-P, and eventually the other zoo websites we've all come to know and... No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mood. Um, uh, Fausti, I know that you are perhaps controversial to some, but I gotta say I appreciate you sticking your neck out to produce this highly available quality content. It is a delicate situation to try and support our fringe community, and I think Zooier Than Now is showing itself to be a very worthwhile endeavor to that end. Now it's time for me to finish getting caught up with the show. UD. Well, thank you much, UD. Yeah, UD. We've come to know UD a little bit better mm-hmm. over Twitter and stuff. Um, I, there is a couple of reasons why we, we kind of held back on this one. Well, Fausti... Um took uh took exception to the term controversial it uh it brought up a lot of um the pain of his past when he read that Mm. and uh uh, that was that was a rough period for both him and uh, the entire um zooier than thou team 
Um, I don't know how much of that to go into here. Uh, we talked a little bit about it on episode six, just kind of things that were happening and culminating. And, you know, he was kind of emotionally primed yeah. uh, to to view this as kind of a, a, a negative, subtle jab at him. And you, you got to understand also that that's kind of a, something that he's dealt with a lot yeah. uh, in the zoo community. That is part of why. Now, the other thing here is obviously <laughs> Kion is... <laughs> Just like Doug does not have many secrets. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And so um, a lot of people actually came and said, oh, I know you. I recognized you because of what you said. Uh And I was like, "Mm, Kion. (laughs) Yeah, I I talked to him like a couple of times on Dog Sex, like 20 something years prior. And he only said like two things, maybe that I was like, I know who that is, <laughs> and I'd never, I'd never heard his voice before or anything. Kind bad at opsec, <laughs> <laughs> but good at life, man. Yeah. So we really actually do appreciate you coming in. I, you know, since then, we have talked about a lot of the zoo history that he mentions here. Um, so this is more of more validation for that, but. You know, UD, you hold a very um, special place in zoo history as one of the founding members of CalZoo. So at some point, we'd definitely love to have you on. Come talk with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'd love to get your perspective. So Absolutely. thank you for listening. Thank you for being an awesome, awesome dude. And uh, we look forward to work with you in the future. All right. So this next one's from the Vulpine Protector. Uh, subject, self-pain and wish of understanding. And he says, new listener on cardboard stand-in at time of writing and going to be listening through to the end. Uh, Sorry this is long, but I have been struggling with myself for years and I'm trying to find answers and help and I don't know who to talk to in person that won't harm me in the long run. Baker Act, arrest kind of thing. I grew up in an accepting but physically painful family. We would talk... Mm. Hmm... Uh, we would talk- I don't know what that means. I don't either. We'll probably be finding out. Mm-hmm. Um, we would talk about anything. Over dinner sometimes, We, me, both brothers, mom and dad, would talk about sex, both stories and questions. Me coming out as gay was full dinner talk, and after my parents and I went out, they bought me my first toys because the only way to know is to try. <laughs> Those are some very liberal parents. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> Those are the, the SoCal parents. Yeah, that, that is liberal. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I knew I was different, and I started to take a liking to our family dog in secret. I would play with him and talk to him, but when I was tasked to bring him in at night, I would play with him. Details if wanted. <laughs> De- details if wanted. I'll, I'll direct message you. <laughs> Slide into my DMs. Protect me. <laughs> uh, at the time, I did not know what this meant, but I knew it was not allowed. Now, after many years, I have told them about my animal interests and they accept me. They think it is strange, but still love me. Mm-hmm. With very strict rules, and I mean that's the important part. They can they can think that it's strange and it is unusual, but as long as they still love you, yeah, that's what matters. With very strict rules, that the new family dog is off limits. I cracked one day and played with him. Nothing extravagant. Smells, feels, his reactions to stimulation, a little taste, and not only did I break a rule, but I hate myself because of the topic of the now broken rule. And after the pain of knowing what I did, I had to tell them and face the punishment so I could get rid of the guilt. Mm. 
Well, they were angry, and they will say they are not angry anymore because it happened so long ago. But when the dog trots in with one of my mom's plants, they can't not look at me like the family pedophile. Hmm. I don't want only to be attracted to animals. I'm married, and he, his husband, I'm guessing he means, enjoys animals mm -hmm. as well, but not to the extent I do. And I want to be interested in the same kind of play with him, but I'm not. I want mm. to want a blowjob from him, and I feel like shit for not being able to provide that side of a relationship. Mm. I need help of some kind to not hate myself for this personally distasteful lust. I want to want a human in the same way I want an animal, but I don't know how to go about this. Uh, big feels from here. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and I know our friend Doodle would definitely agree with that yeah i hope this makes a good topic for conversation because i can't find anyone with an outside opinion to listen to for other perspectives please respond i would love to hear what you have to say to this i don't want to hate myself for this pain but i want something i don't know if i can have a friend to those who need one vulpine protector hmm. so i've been really thinking about this um a little bit so first of all Honestly, cool family. Mm -hmm. Like for the most part, there. I know you feel some guilt, but uh, a lot of what you might be feeling from them when the dog trots in, quote unquote, is maybe your own guilt. Um, but if it is something that they are staring daggers at you for, it may be worth having another dinner conversation about that and how that makes you feel because obviously they're open they're, you've opened up enough to be zoo you're you're comfortable talking with them about things that you've done even when you've made mistakes which is just a really kind of fantastic family dynamic like honestly a lot of people don't talk to their parents yeah. like that at all true um so way cool but yeah, you want to have a talk because if you feel like they treat you that way, you need to be honest about it. And you know, even if they start writing it off, you need to be like, but I sense this from you. Mm -hmm. This is how I feel. Right. And I need that addressed. So now with this kind of a situation, it seems like there's more at play here than just interspecies sexuality, because he's talking about the dog who is the family dog. So mm. there are violations of boundaries that only come into play, you know, when there are other humans uh, in the household. Right. Um, it's it's not like this is his dog with whom he has a relationship, mm. which in, in that case, I mean, in my opinion, they wouldn't have any place to, to feel upset right. with him about that. Uh, yeah, but here's the thing. It's like when it comes to that, it really does feel like it's more like uh, this is my possession and I really don't want you to play with it that way mm -hmm. um you know because obviously one assumes this animal is an adult especially after many years it seems like if that's reciprocal then it's hard to say you know uh, shame on you i'm from my perspective mm -hmm. so what we're actually dealing with is not necessarily like you did a bad thing by being a zoo and having sex with an animal or playing around or whatever toy like you know ex exploring each other um but what is here is some sort of broken trust yeah. so if it's a matter of them looking at you like they don't trust you that is something you definitely need to resolve mm -hmm. um so no condemnation there to be honest and if it's the sort of thing even with 
parents whom you can have the sorts of conversations that um, Volpine Protector has talked about in his email, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can solve this kind of an issue necessarily on your own. You might need the help of an outside party, and in that case, a therapist would probably be uh, a good help for a situation like this. Mm. Um, so what do you think about that, Dogs? I think that's a great idea. Um, yeah. If this is, if it escalates to the point that you feel you need one and you can't talk to your parents about it, mm-hmm. go for it. Now, uh, Guardian has really, really asked about a, a secondary thing, which is um, towards the end here, and mm-hmm. it strikes me as something that is not unfamiliar. I have heard these kinds of feelings before, of you know, feeling like you know, I, d- I can't give in a relationship what I want to give to a human. Sure. Um, and, you know, I, I have a friend from Europe who is in counseling specifically because he, he wants desperately to be able to have a relationship with a human mm-hmm. uh, like he has with animals, and he can't. Um, and so that's that's a real thing that exists. And, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, Fausti had some of those same sorts of insecurities. Now, Fausti, of course, can have sex with humans. Um, he, he did. But he has some uh, past relationship issues from when he was uh, married previously, where there was a, a little bit of that kind of sort of like you pay more attention to them than me, and you need to, you know, that sort of dynamic. Zeman shared this with me, so I, I'm hoping that he's okay that I um, talk about this. Um, coming into their relationship, there was a fear that if um, an animal entered their relationship that he that Doug would not be able to give Zeman the the attention that he felt he needed or that he would not be able to like reciprocate to the level or to the extent that he felt like he was required to in a relationship and I don't think that's uncommon mm-hmm. I hope I've said that in a, in a kind of a clear way because I know it's it's kind of a sticky thing Mm-hmm. Uh, talking about this kind of gray area where, yes, I'm a zoo, I'm okay with it, everyone seems to be awesome with it, like, I know my parents, I talked to them already, I would love to just have a normal human relationship as well. Mm-hmm. What I'm gathering is that you're not necessarily unattracted to humans, because obviously you've, you've found that you are attracted to males, but the the sexual dynamic doesn't quite go all the way like it does with animals and there are several different ways to kind of tackle this perhaps one compromise you could do is role play for me this is something that really works for me um i love to take the role of a dog being a good dog all that stuff Mm. Uh, when i top yeah i like that a lot i love I love the validation of it i love being told i'm a good boy (laughs) i love i love the headspace of like mounting and the you know the physical intimacy and the control uh that the dog has in in that situation um for me that helps me get in the mood and puts me in a headspace that i enjoy um having fun in and that it could be a possible solution for you as well um put yourself in the headspace where you kind of want to be um the headspace of either playing animals or you know being intimate with an animal but with your partner 
What do you think about that, Love Cat? Oh man, uh, you know you might <laughs> you might be asking the wrong guy here because I only just started my my first uh, human relationship uh, of my life recently, and I'm still figuring these kinds of things out for myself. Um, I can say that with my partner, what ha- <laughs> what has helped so far is that um, we both seem to have a kind of an uh, inherent attitude that we're bringing to sex that we don't insist that it be any particular way. Um, mm. You know, like I, I had a lot of anxiety about that at first um, about mm-hmm. ba- basically to, to put it concisely about not having sex the right way or the way it's supposed right. to be. Right. right. And uh, luckily um, with my partner, um, there was an unspoken understanding that it doesn't need to be whatever my you know imagined or uh you know um inherited expectation is that it should Mm, be mm. and that there's a lot of different ways to have um fulfilling and satisfying intimacy with each other so part of it is just kind of jettisoning the presuppositional expectations yeah exactly exactly um whatever those things are which is not to say that if you're not finding it satisfying or fulfilling that that's okay it's it's not it just means that you might have to kind of figure it out in a more um i guess spontaneous way um Mm. at least that's how it's it's been for me so far and that seems to be working pretty well for us you know Mm-hmm. I think um, a lot of what we have anxieties about is the expectations. Absolutely. And Fausti and I had a long conversation about this and talked about it on episode six. Mm-hmm. Actually, the kind of expectations that humans bring to sex. Um, if you can let those go, you will have so much more fun mm-hmm. uh, being intimate with a human. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we have like, oh God, I have to stay hard or like, you know, I have to like, I have to be a certain size mm-hmm. or, you know, I have to, um, I have to be a super masculine top. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I have to be able to bottom the first time we have sex. Yeah. Hey, keep going. No, no, but those, (laughs) I kind of do, but I think that that's gotten the point across. (laughs) Right. So there's all these expectations of like how sex is supposed to go. And when you throw out the rule book and just enjoy each other's bodies, Mm -hmm. enjoy talking, enjoy cuddling, enjoy like just being with each other. Mm -hmm. That can be a a much more rewarding experience. Mm -hmm. So try to ixnay the human expectations and think about having sex with an animal what are the expectations there it's like we got to feel good together you know right. take your zooiness that, that you have inherited and apply it to your human relationship now that said you may still not find it fulfilling to have sex with a human and that's okay um there's nothing wrong with that there's really nothing wrong with not being attra- sexually active with humans mm-hmm. um and i want you to feel secure in that reality like if 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 it is the reality for you like you role playing is not working dropping those inhibitions uh isn't working uh you're just not into it man that's okay mm-hmm. and you can talk to your partner really set boundaries like you know uh i don't i don't feel comfortable really having sex with a human if you want to play with certain people as long as you tell me about it that's okay or um you know, maybe we when we play together, we can play together when we have a third who is on four legs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So then there, there's intimacy together with that element that makes you more comfortable in, in bed. So there's lots of ways to go about this. There's certainly hope, but even if you don't end up wanting to have sex with a human, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that does still um, puzzle us, uh, Volpine Protector, is this accepting but physically painful family. Hmm. Yeah, I is... worry a little bit about that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that whatever that means that you haven't been harmed in any way. And I hope that whatever that means, it doesn't mean that you're dealing with trauma from your childhood. On the one hand, it really does sound like you've got some really cool liberal parents that you can talk to about anything, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. But there's this weird element that we don't quite understand, and I worry a little bit about it, and I hope that you are okay, man. Mm -hmm. So hit me back up. Let me know. Yeah, do write us again and let us know Mm -hmm. uh, what that's about and and how you're doing in life and uh, if you'd like to chat some more about this. All right, so let's get into the fun stuff. So how did we get the fuck here? 12 months in, starting season two. Uh, I'm going to kind of just kind of tell my story. You can kind of just chat with me. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, mean, I'm going to be hearing this, you know, so. Yeah. So Love Cat was not here from the beginning, as you know, if you've been listening from the beginning. Um, So on February 5th, 2019, I get a call from Doug in Telegram. I remember being like, oh, shit, what's going on? Because it was during my work hours. Um, and, you know, recently we've been talking about cancer a lot um, because that January had a scare where he thought he was going to have brain cancer and die. He didn't, um, obviously. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> so um, I was worried because we were talking about complications he was having. He was having issues getting um, the chemotherapy from his doctors. They wouldn't give it to him because of insurance and uh, there was a point during the process of Zoot where he was like, I'm actively dying this week without chemo. Um, and that was scary. But, so he calls me on February 5th, and I'm like, oh shit, what's going on? I'm at work. And he's like, oh no, I just, everything's fine. I just had this really cool idea I want to run by you. And I was like, all right, well, I'm off for lunch in like half an hour. We actually didn't end up connecting until later that night, I think. And he was like... So, what do you know about making podcasts? And I said, I don't know shit about making podcasts, but I know a lot about audio. Um, And so we kind of talked about it. He was like, who can we talk to for this? Here's my pitch. This is my idea. And I said, this is something I have to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't. I I was thinking, like, this is going to be so much work. I don't know if I have time to do this, but I have to be a part of it. Um... Like, his pitch was enough to sell me on it. Um, So, like I said last episode, I reached out to some friends who did podcasts. They gave us some some tips. Uh, I brought on my drag queen friend from New York, Zooey. Zooey. Who has moved since then. The Great Dane of the Great Dane. Yeah. (laughs) I brought my uh, friend from down south, Tex, who does writing. Uh, and we kind of just put this little ragtag team together and, uh, you know, a couple of other people, uh, got involved along the way. So like from the very beginning, Doug was like, we have to do this guerrilla campaign where we kind of like pretend to be 
an anti-zoo podcast. Now, a lot of people who haven't been here from the beginning don't remember this. So, um, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we pose as an anti-zoo podcast on Twitter and Doug's inclination was to be like, <laughs> you know, a screeching anti-zoo. It's super funny to me because later on, like people told me a Kayla, you remember a Kayla, mm-hmm. uh, was like, this sounds like what Fausty thinks a zoo should be. Like, no, I wrote those tweets, motherfucker. Fausty wanted to do some screeching bullshit. I wrote those tweets. Hold on. Uh, basically, going over the, the... We also had an intro that we wanted to do, a cold open, that was kind of like leading from those tweets into the podcast. And he was like a little, you know, too on the nose. And I was like, yeah, I think... The most important thing is to be misleading, but tell the truth the entire time. And so we approached the tweets and that cold open the same way. It's like, your approach may well work better. Mine's an excuse to get some digs in at the outers, which I so much want to do, but it may be too forced and cumbersome. So that was Doug quote. (laughs) (laughs) This thing is pretty funny. Ecocide, endangered species, irreversible climate change, factory farms, non-consensual general mutilation of companion animals, massively important problems requiring courage and determination to solve. Well, we don't have any of that, but we want to pretend like we do. And we're not solving any real problems, but we're going to go out some zoo vials. Not that we're closeted zoos ourselves or anything. Nope. We're just super obsessed about zoos and can't stop thinking about that hot, passionate, <laughs> zooey, loving, tragically not getting in any oven. How is that fair? <laughs> anyway, something, something, something. Let's out some zoos. So that was his pitch. And I was like, let's do the more subtle approach. <laughs> yeah, that, that may <laughs> have been too on the nose, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I wrote the tweets, that's what I had in mind. Every tweet had to t- be true to what we were doing, mm-hmm. but uh, also had to sound like it was coming from an anti-zoo. These tweets are gone now, so I have them saved. I'm going to share some of them with you. Ooh. So here are the tweets. Are you ready? I am indeed ready. <laughs> the first tweet, the first <laughs> fucking tweet is, all right, let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> super, like, super serious and like, oh, yeah. yeah, we're going to start. Let's get these zoos. <sighs> We have a problem. Animals are being taken advantage of every single day, and people are too ambivalent to do anything about it. Exposing zoophiles is a solution to the problem. We need to put them out where everyone can see them and expose them for what they really are. Exposure is the solution, people. Mm-hmm. On March 20th, 2019, we will be launching a podcast, the first of its kind, dedicated to exposing the zoo community for what it is. We want outrage. Help spread the word. We're going to start a movement and change the conversation forever. Join the hashtag hate party. Zoophiles like to call people zoophobes when they call out their behavior. If you wear that title with pride, then join our hashtag hate party movement. (laughs) We'll show zoos exactly how we feel about their sexuality. (laughs) How do you join the hashtag hate party? Easy. Easy. Use the hate tag. <laughs> Use the hate party tag on Twitter. Follow our Twitter and check our site, exposed.id. It's still up. You can go check it. Tell everyone exactly what you think about zoo files. And of course, tune into the first episode of our podcast, The Exposure Solution, on March 20th. 
Fair question. Why a podcast? Our team felt that the Twitter was too ephemeral a medium for the task of taking on the zoo community. A podcast potentially offers a more permanent, more potent, and more entertaining method of exposing zoos. We plan to make it one hell of a ride. What can you expect from our podcast? Right off the bat, we'll be exposing a secret zoophile, someone who's pretty famous, in fact. We'll have another one for you every single episode. So we hope you're ready to show your teeth, hashtag hate party. We want all ears tuned in on March 20th. All right, so at this point, these tweets are coming out, and they're, they're just timed to come out. Um, first few days, no one's seeing the Twitter account, so it's like, okay, I don't know if this is going to even work. We should wait before we record the episode and make sure, you know, we respond to an actual whatever actually happens. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, I wake up one day, and there are 8,000 views on our Twitter account. Whoa. Whoa, yeah, whoa. <laughs> <What the> f- <laughs> okay. So whatever's happening is happening organically, uh, and there it goes. Zoophiles like to make a distinction between themselves and zoo sadists. Here's the truth. Anyone who uses animals for their own twisted desires without any regard for the animal is engaged in abuse. Call us haters. We're proud of it. Stay defiant, hate party. So again, <laughs> basically this is exactly how we feel, um, just framed so that it seems like we're talking about zoo files. Mm-hmm. And that's actually uh, state defiant. I want to talk about that just a second. There was a point where Fausti was talking about fighting cancer. And one night I just said, uh, good night, state defiant, you know, keep fighting. And something about that stuck with me. And I thought it was kind of perfect perfect way of, of, of viewing what, what we're doing is staying defiant against uh, all this bullshit that is trying to keep us down. And it's funny to know that you're the one who came up with that because I had just previous to the podcast coming out had read Uniquely mm-hmm. Dangerous and uh, it seemed so, such a perfect slogan for for Fausti right? that, uh, that I would have presumed that, uh, that that was something that he had thought of you know, while, uh, while fighting in court or in prison. Nope, that was me actually. Nicely done. And it had to, had to do with <laughs> cancer, like mm-hmm. stay defiant. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was partially because like, I thought of him as a very defiant figure and this is something Absolutely. he had to be defiant against is dying of cancer. So <laughs> this next tweet is stupid. <laughs> Dead Zoo is a great band name, don't you think? Oh, God, that is... (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag hate party. (laughs) Hashtag hate party. (laughs) We have a lot of famous zoo reveals planned, but if you got some juicy info on a secret zoo file, send us a DM or use the form at our website, exposed.id. Who knows? Your tip could get featured on a later episode of our podcast. Uh, so we kind of decided, you know, this is actually kind of working as a sort of false flag. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to see what other people have already gathered on zoos. Uh, at this time, the, the, you know, this is after the September bullshit and the furry fandom. You know, there, there's heightened alert on Twitter. Um, so it was interesting to see, like, you know, what people sent in. And of course, one of the people <laughs> was the Zoophile Blacklist, who we buttered up in DMs and they told us, yeah, you know, our plan is just to kind of like infiltrate, you know, zoos, uh, <laughs> secret, secret zoo account. No, yeah, they were talking about infiltrating. And no, like, no, I don't doubt it. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, what they were doing is basically creating fake zoo accounts uh, and then following a bunch of locked zoo accounts mm-hmm. to try and g- get some sort of like network map of all zoos on Twitter and then use that to like match them with, um, you know, regular furries. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they just told that to us like, okay, well, <laughs> well done. <laughs> Yeah, fuck them. Oh. Fuck that asshole. The hate party is on the warpath. We're ready to expose zoophiles for what they really are. March 20th cannot get here soon enough. <laughs> Be sure to check out our website at expose.id. Stay informed. Stay defiant. Yeah, I remember these tweets. <laughs> Pay attention, hate party. We're going to tell it exactly like it is. We will not tolerate animal abuse. And when the first episode drops on March 20th, the world will know exactly what kind of people these animal fuckers are. Exposure <laughs> is the solution. Turns out we're actually pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, we staged CSA tweeting about the the account mm-hmm. as a, a way of you know bring, broadening alert to it in a kind of an organic way. Like, oh, look, here's some asshole. And so CSA is, and then the the account retweets the reply from CSA and says, oh, yes, we know all about you, Doug Spink. We've got a a special place for you on our podcast. That cancer is treating you well, we trust. Hashtag hate party. Mm, That was actually, uh, it was reading that tweet that uh, I didn't even know that Doug had cancer until I read that tweet. Oh, wow, that sucks. That's a shitty way to know. Yeah. I was like, I hope that's not for real. And I thought that he was in prison at the time too. So that's um, what I, that's that was the scenario that was going on in my in my imagination at any rate. Well, I mean, he was tweeting. You can't tweet from prison. Uh, you know what? I I wasn't hip to his account quite yet. Oh, that's right. CSA. We didn't know. Yeah. Well, this was kind of like calling out CSA as Doug Spink. You know, like a lot of aunties are like, Yeah, I know who you are, Doug Spink. <laughs> yes, my name is Doug Spink. Yes. <laughs> Everyone fucking knows it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Well, I know that you are Doug Spink. <laughs> yeah, did you know there was a book written about me, too? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here was a poll. What are you looking forward to most from our March 20th podcast, The Exposure Solution? Unmasking a zoophile? Exposing animal abuse? Sardonic wit? Or entertaining activism? So that's a tame one. That one's not really a play... Don't worry, haters. You will be entertained. Though the topic is grim and the revenge is sweet, your favorite YouTubers have proven that any topic handled with the right care can be entertaining. And who doesn't love seeing abusers burned at the stake? Hashtag hate party. Oh, we see some chatter out there. There is a reason for the spectacle. (laughs) Twitter outrage burns out in an instant, and there's staying power in entertaining activism. And the more ears we can bring to the table, the further our message will spread. Viva la hate party. You scared of what we have to say? You scared of what will be revealed on March 20th? What have you got to worry about? You're not doing something wrong, are you? Hashtag hate party. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. See, that one actually sounded legit. I remember there was somebody who was uh, who was harassing a, a Twitter zoo who released some of their DMs, and that was exactly the sort of thing they were saying. Oh, what? Are you doing something illegal? And like, that kind oh of my shit. god! Yeah, it's like stupid. It's like actually in my country, no, I'm not. <laughs> well, yeah, this is, this is a parody of them. So mm-hmm. there, there are a couple of things we stole from them. There comes a point uh, where it's like the the parody is indistinguishable from the real thing. Well, because that's the problem with so parody of extremist ideas. Is uh, that at some point. You can't distinguish. But we tried, you know, there are a few more coming up that we tried to kind of make sure. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is my favorite. Are you ready? I'm ready. 
Exposure is the solution. Exposure is the solution. Exposure is the solution. Exposure is the solution. Hashtag hate party. Oh, God, dude. This shit makes me laugh every fucking time. I wish you'd left that one up, dude. I'd love to retweet that shit. The mantra. It's all about the mantra. We just got we just got exposed uh, yesterday. We got we got exposed as a ring by uh, by what's her name? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, the, yeah, the, oh, yeah, the, the I, exp- I, I exposed a ring of zoophiles. Like you, mm-hmm. you, <laughs> you exposed. <laughs> How did you find out there were zoophiles? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is my favorite. This is one of my favorite tweets. So hashtag hate party. Is there anything more freeing than righteous hatred? A, a nice cup of tea. B, a really good tax return. C, tasteful nudity. D, bathe me in sweet hate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, see, that's that's silly. Yeah. When you fight for a righteous cause like animal welfare, their dirty duty of exposing those who would harm animals in the name of love, no less, is its own reward. Stay defiant. Mm -hmm. If you listen to our first episode, we, we totally address this stuff. Uh, but from the Zooey perspective, um, you know, how how people will infantilize their their animal companions uh, because they love them so much. But honestly, it's, it's abusive to, to treat your animal like it's a child to the point that you cut off their fucking balls to make sure they stay in an infantile state. Like, it's weird. People are weird. They're weird uh, shit. I find it so much more legitimately sickening than they supposedly find it of zoophiles to hear them talk about themselves as, you know, a dog mom and cat mom. And it's like, what yeah. are you? It's like, look, I don't look at my non-human companions as surrogates for the children that I don't have. You know, I, I, <laughs> I see them more and more and more as, as what they are. You know, it's like I've been raised in a culture that tells you what, you know, a dog is and what a cat is. And you kind of have to learn through experience what they actually are and what each individual right. is for themselves. But, um, right. you know, that's mm-hmm. the only way to respect any other being, be it human or otherwise, is to see them for what they actually are. And they're mm. not uh, they're not babies and they're not children. <laughs> they're dogs and cats and horses and, and sheep and leopards and everything. You know, it's like they, they are what they mm-hmm. are. They're not something else. Right. Uh, there's a couple of other tweets that are kind of re- rehashes of other stuff. And then... The premiere. There's gonna be a bonfire tonight. Hashtag hate party. How are you preparing for tonight? A. Got my marshmallows. B. Brought some hot dogs. C. Lighter fluid, anyone? D. Wait, am I on fire? (laughs) The hour draws near. Grab your popcorn, folks. It's gonna be a doozy. See you at midnight at expose.id. Stay defiant. Hashtag hate party. Hashtag hate party. <laughs> and then finally, it drops. Zero hour has arrived. Thanks for playing. Hashtag hate party. Enjoy. And of course, the game is now over. Mm-hmm. And that is when we you come, you you turn it on. You're from Exposed ID. And so it just shows like, click here for the first episode and links to the, the file mm-hmm. directly. And it comes on and just <laughs> fucking voice. <laughs> What are, I don't remember what fucking stupid it was shit. Kind of, it was kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so good. So it was something like, uh, no longer will these zoophiles uh, do their deeds in secret or something. It's just like, yeah. And of course, all of that is just the exact same kind of doublespeak 
where we're we're exa- we're going through exactly basically our quote unquote manifesto, if you will, mm-hmm. um, but as if we're antis. Mm-hmm. And then the big reveal. <laughs> it's a. F- <laughs> It's fucking Shadow Facts. Shadow Facts. You, you know <laughs> him as the Lord game. of Horses. <laughs> <laughs> Lord of our horses himself. <laughs> uh, was, yeah. Oh my god. So the next day. <laughs> well, that was fun. How did we do? A, you motherfuckers. <laughs> B, god fucking damn it. C, what the fuck was that? D, Nice. Yeah, I kind of, uh, it was all four of those for me, to be real about it. <laughs> and then we said, hey, for what it's worth, we never once lied here on Zooier Than Now, name change. Feel free to read our tweets. We were always on brand. And we still kind of enjoy the hate. So hopefully it's a seething, loathing, embarrassed sort of hate. State of fine, <laughs> fellas, Zoos. Wonderfully done. I remember, I remember actually, I forgot about this. We like had like, different graphics for different stages of the campaign mm-hmm. and so like uh, when the campaign like when the episode dropped all the all the hate party graphics turned into like a silhouette and like re- like tv static and stuff mm-hmm. and then the next day when that tweet came out it changed to zero than now branding oh mm-hmm. wish i had noticed that ah uh, yeah you had to be there <laughs> you had to be there that was a big fun thing that we did mm-hmm and obviously, obviously, it kind of rubbed a few people the wrong way, uh, which, you know, we, we kind of owned up to. But, you know, looking back on it, it was fun. It was uh, humorous. No one was harmed. And we ended up uh, knocking one of the uh, main antagonists on Zoo Twitter out of the ring. Mm-hmm. And so for that alone, I think was worth it. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. That happened. We dropped this first episode, you know, not really knowing what was going to happen. And we had planned that, okay, so we want to do a monthly podcast, but in order to get listed, you have to have a certain amount of podcasts. And you also don't want people to think that this is a one and done sort of joke deal. So two weeks later, we'll do an April Fool's episode, just a short one, and then we'll get on the monthly schedule. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of what we thought we were going to (laughs) do. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew we had so much to say? I know. Well, it it just kind of started happening. It's like we do this April Fool's episode, and then after episode two drops, a bunch of bullshit falls on our head. So we have to make a follow up to that one. Mm-hmm. And then by that point, you've established a pattern mm-hmm. that you have to keep doing. Um, I remember we uh, we uh, I think Doug was monitoring Kiwi Farms to kind of talk. They said about us. And they're, at first they were like, you know, some of them were like, this is stupid. They should just go to the police. Or some people were like, I don't know, this might not turn anything. And some people were like, this is awesome. I, this, you know, So they were talking actively about it on Kiwi Farms, not knowing what it was. Mm-hmm. It drops. <laughs> and the fucking responses were fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them was like, <laughs> called Fausti a dog mongler. And they called me a Mickey Mouse sounding motherfucker. Oh, like, <laughs> those are terms of endearment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, comforts. Uh, so that was kind of the tradition of starting the podcast with these like epithets that people had come up with uh, for us. Uh, but eventually people stopped saying epithets and started sending in positive reviews. And, you know, like people were really positively affected by the podcast and what mm-hmm. we were doing. And, you know, Shit, that I was, was one the of them. Inter- yeah, I remember. 
Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still on. What was your reaction? Uh, uh, tell us about I was that. I was stunned. I was listening to it in the car as part of my day job, and I just, I couldn't believe it. I, I I was surprised that you even read my email on the on the podcast, let alone <laughs> made a fucking theme song for it. I was like, oh my god, dude! Because <laughs> the goddamn thing was like it was like a page and a half of text. And then, <laughs> oh, I remember <laughs> that. Read, oh my god, I remember that. Yeah, you read we almost all of it. it yeah, all, I think. He, he said it was so uh, it was so long. Faust, you might have written it. Fuck. <laughs> 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 oh, but, that uh, makes one of the quips later super relevant. But you know, regardless of the fact that it was mine, it still to me just uh, made it such um, an actual community effort. You know, in my mind, mm. uh, just right from the beginning, that uh, this this really is something to draw everybody in. You know, that the mm-hmm. the people who listen to us are are not meant to only be listening to us. We right, you know, it's like participating. Be, yeah, yeah, be, become this. You know, uh, right. One thing that we wanted to do, like Fauci was really insistent on, is is you know start having people come and guest host, which is what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, draw people in from the audience who were active and. Uh, had things to say, tell their stories, uh, make them a part of the production because we don't want this to be the Toggle and Fausty show. Mm-hmm. It was never intended to be Toggle and Fausty tell zoo jokes, you know, because obviously we have, a, we have a bunch of people, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're the hosts and it, it kind of follows our vision. But we wanted it to be a, a collaborative community project that could keep going even if we weren't the ones doing it. Sure. Um, and of course, Doug was always planning to be dead. Uh, at any point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very important for him that uh, the podcast continue uh, without him. Uh, we started setting it up that way from the very beginning. So it's always it's always meant to be be something that you guys come and, and do with us. Now, a lot of you have asked to help. I just need to get organized and put you to work. Um, and we appreciate you coming and helping and contributing what you can. Um, we definitely need the help for certain things like transcripts, um, we uh, eventually you're going to need some tech help now that uh, Doug is gone. But obviously, there's security issues with that, and we're not exactly we got we got to assess the situation. Uh, so if you've written in and offered to help, we're definitely looking forward to getting in contact with you again. So thank you. And, and that is definitely the way to put it. It was never meant to be the Toggle and Fausty show. It was always meant, and I, this came through to me as a listener too, uh, that it was meant to be. A, like a true zoo community podcast is meant to be by zoos mm. for zoos and anyone else interested but um you know like lately we've been um working to get uh non-north american zoos we've been mm. trying to reach out to uh female zoos to trans zoos oh, yes, to, uh, to zoos of different ethnicities um mm-hmm. to, because it, it, this is meant to be for zoos and we are a part of every Every, for zoos by zoos yeah, yeah. We're, we're we come from all walks of life mm-hmm. oh god do you remember the the whole gag where we were like you know there's all these zooey podcasts we're just one drop in the bucket mm-hmm. so the idea behind that was that we would create this sense of the mundane like there's something mundane about there being a zoo podcast like this is just normal mm-hmm. the, the all all of our sexuality is totally normal we normalize everything and so um, that's part of the podcast narrative is that zoo sexual orientation is average every day. So that was kind of the spirit that we, we started it with. And part of that was this kind of <laughs> long running gag that 
there were all these other zoo podcasts out there and we were just one of them and we we loved for you to to join us we we thank you uh we came up with some shitty podcast names like the zoo troop mm-hmm. um <laughs> uh the zootopia gag is one of my favorites <laughs> Yeah, that getting one. sued by Disney. <laughs> well, the reason we stopped doing that is because we we thought it was funny at first that people were writing and like, "Hey, uh, where are these podcasts that you're talking about?" Um, and we were like, "There's no podcast, my sweet summer child." <laughs> that was, yeah, that, that's the the whole novelty of this one is that there's never been mm-hmm. another zoo podcast. There there are some coming up, but uh, yeah. there, before this, there has never been such a thing. Well, that's the other thing is we wanted to launch something that zoos had a voice with mm-hmm. to encourage zoos to use their voices, create their own podcast, mm-hmm. do their own media stuff to be the catalyst that fills the landscape with zooey media. Sure. Um, and so we're really excited that there are a couple of podcasts in the work. Um, y'all need to hurry the fuck up. But mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a minute, um, y'all. We're, we yeah, be waiting. We be waiting. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about what comes next. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two is going to be a little different. One big, huge change that people may not like is we're going to a monthly format. And the reason is because, as you can tell, we haven't really been able to keep up on a schedule for the two-week format. Mm-hmm. And that's because we all have full-time jobs. Um, you know, all kinds of things pop in the way. Yeah, we're not getting when, paid to do this. <laughs> and, it's, right. and it's a hell of a lot of work, guys. It is a lot of work. Like, two weeks, I mean, uh, guys, I cannot stress to you how much of a time commitment this is, mm-hmm. which is great because it's a very fulfilling time, mm-hmm. but it's hard to bring quality to every single episode every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't want a dip in quality, and we want to get back on a schedule because the truth is, I'm going to tell you from a media standpoint, regular content on a schedule that people know to tune in on that is the key to having a successful media platform um regular content when people expect it and we haven't been able to deliver that in uh, since november mm-hmm. october um so that is something that's very important to me and so we're going to be switching to the uh, monthly format so that we have solid episodes the content is good, you know. Um, we have time to prepare and, and create and make sure that we put out something that's actually quality for the zoo community. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I will be releasing lots of bonus content as I can in the in the interim, so mm-hmm. that you're not completely devoid of zooey goodness. So, <laughs> and the reason that I I have to kind of I want to pause and talk about this is people were really like, man, I need more of this. You need guys need to do this every single week. And I was like, guys, <laughs> we would love to, idea? but oh my God, I don't have time. Now, maybe one day when we can set up some sort of payment method where, you know, people can contribute and, um, you know, I would love that way. to quit my job and do this. Oh my God, you have no idea. (laughs) I would do it in a heartbeat if if it were financially uh, Mm -hmm. feasible. In a heartbeat, without a second thought, if I could do it. But as of now, we are a volunteer podcast. And 
uh, once every two weeks is a little difficult to sustain. Mm-hmm. But there will be Zooey content, and then hopefully one or two of these podcasts will get off the ground so they can maybe post opposite of us mm-hmm. and make sure you have content every two weeks just like you're used to. See, and the other, the other frustrating factor for us on this side is that we have so much great content that we we have to um, that that isn't being included on each episode because right. we simply you know the, each episode would turn into like seven hours if we were to include everything that was worth including right. and uh, we want you to hear all that and we're trying to figure right. out a way to balance <laughs> these things right so I've got a bunch of like um, clips and stuff that I'm going to be sharing uh, conversations with Fausti that are you know useful and interesting um you know, as as the season two progresses, more content is most likely going to happen. We have lots of cool conversations that are just aren't relevant enough to the topic to keep in the episode. Um, <laughs> I remember in particular, there was one episode where me and Canis went off on a, like a twenty minute tangent about Naruto. Mm, like it, it was a very sus- it was a sustained discussion about Naruto and Zooiness. Uh, and that's probably going to bear fruit at some point in the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was this long conversation. It's going to bear really um, gay fruit. Really gay <laughs> fruit. <laughs> but in the spirit of this, I've brought you some outtakes from season one. I found mini clips, but I'll share some here. They basically break down into three main categories. Bloopers, banter before and after the show, and content that we had to cut for time. So... I'm going to share some of those with you, so grab some popcorn and enjoy. First up, let's listen to some bloopers. Nothing gets me going like a Marin Heat. Sloppy, sticky, squealy, straight slamming, merry good fun. I want all the males. Oh, males? Oops. Freudian slip. Apropos. I, I can't actually say personally that I wasn't actually executed for attempted execution. My- <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, whoa, a lot of executions there. <laughs> You've been executed? Fuck! Man. <laughs> Stick those things. Stick to those basics and breath. <laughs> those things in Stick your butt. Stick those things in my Stick butt. Stick those things. <laughs> <laughs> On YouTube, Alexa, Spotify, and that place where Steve Jobs used to have a job. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That sounds like you're celebrating his death or something. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Until he died. Tee hee hee. Anyway, that's not very nice. All right. First off, fuck me. I'm all right. Later. Yeah. (laughs) Boy, oh boy. What a weekend. No, that's a terrible lead into the next sentence. (laughs) Give me a better one. We appreciate each and every one of your fabulous listeners. Our We appreciate each. (laughs) You're doing great. We appreciate each and every one of our fabulous listeners for tuning out Bumble Bat. <laughs> it's not something I've seen as a focus of prior zoo forums, to be honest. Yeah. And you had another question about the article section, Doug? It's supposed to be Fausty. It's a secret that I'm Doug. Jeez. Oh my god, fuck. Some people. <clears throat> oh my goodness gracious. Everybody's gonna know. Jesus. <laughs> you had another that question about name. the article section, Fausty. <laughs> and this is Toggle. Don't mind me, I'm just cloud surfing behind this plane like Kit. Like Kit Cloud Kicker. 
<laughs> like fick cloud ficker dick like cloud shit cloud smicker shit cloud kicker bob fuck dicker or something <clears throat> fuck you <laughs> certainly dog park princess continues i enjoy listening to the limericks and i was inspired to write my own oh boy my doggy can screw, that is certainly true, and I have to admit, he's better than you. The size of his dick is as long and as thick as a human man if he had to fuck. God damn it, son of a cunt. I fucking goddamn rhymes. Fucking Nazi. Fucking goddamn best one work ever. I like the part you added on the end. really adds to the, to the sex, sex, sexual energy of it. Yeah, it's kind of an open mic type deal there. Let, let me right, straight let me, face. Let me, no laughing. Start it over. <laughs> Serious business. Over, read it. Read slowly. Read right. slowly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Backwards. Fucking. I gotcha. Om Padme Om. If you don't see zero than uh, if you don't see zero than now on your favorite cop. Mm. Codcast. Uh, Codcast. Codcast. Yeah, it's, it's very it's catch, cod. catch it's fish for cod in, pieces. Yeah, cod pieces. Newfoundland. Codcast. If you don't see it in Newfoundland, because there's no electricity in Newfoundland. <laughs> <laughs> also, no computers and can't figure oh, out keyboards. Yeah. <laughs> okay. For those listening at home, we cheerfully confirm that nope, winking has nothing to do with batting an eyelash or. <laughs> I'm going to redo that because that was the weirdest delivery. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) For those listening at home, we cheerfully confirm that no. Winking has nothing to do with batting an eyelash in a four-hooved lady like this. So, the big question. (laughs) Hold on. Okay. So the this big is one for the blueberry on know, my right? part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zoo now isn't trademarked and you can share it with anyone you want. Even your tax accountant. <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect. People are going to be like, tax accountant? Who the fuck has a tax accountant? <laughs> tax accountant? Come on, tax accountants are people too. I mean, there's zoos that are tax accountants, I bet, probably. More somewhere. than likely. We'll be happy to be the responsible one. Keep our listeners informed about the next entrant coming into the wind. The next entrant coming into the wind. Wind? Wind. I don't know where I got wind from. I'm sorry about that. That's supposed to be ring and... Yeah. Whoopsie. What was I thinking when I wrote that? that? That's lingo I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, That's like lingo nobody knows. Sorry about that. Um, It's a mighty wind. Incidentally, one of my favorites gets uh, Oh my god, yes. Oh, and then fucking like anyway. last week tonight had that fucking uh, terrible, like terribly placed, like. Oh, is uh, that what that was from? Yeah, last week tonight they were showing oh, okay. the uh, the footage that they sent out to the news. It's just her presenting arms, if you will. Oh god, that's just, yeah, that's. <clears throat> Someone I mean, listened to our I, podcast. I, yeah, I'm not even into poodles, but goddamn. <laughs> maybe, maybe I am, actually. Oh, here's one you might remember, Love Cat. But, um, are you getting licked by a cat or something? Uh, by a dog. I, I was, we, were, we were making out a little bit. Oh, uh, we <laughs> lick, lick. I see, yeah, I see. She's, she's uh, giving me those eyes. Like, I couldn't say no. And, uh, and you, yeah, you sounded like you had things pretty much under control for a moment. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I I I bank the tiller over in this direction. Yeah. Uh. 
we'll try not to get it too sticky. Oh, oh Lord. It seems like a good moment to leave things in Kion's capable paws. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> he had <laughs> the tiller was, in his hand. She was giving me those eyes. I mean, what are you going to do, dude? You, would, you, would you say no? Don't even uh. lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't lie to me, you dog fucker. <laughs> <laughs> so another one of the things that we want to share with you is uh, pre-show and post-show banter. Uh, because some of that was a lot of fun, and there were some good stories told, some funny moments. So we'll share some of those with you right now, and interspersed with some commentary from me and Lovecat. Zoo Troop. You, you... The Zoo Troop. Like, of the all troop. the fucking stupid things. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's terrible, really? isn't it? It it's is. Worst. It's almost <laughs> terrible enough to be awesome, but it, it's like right on that border where it might just actually just be terrible. It's just, I think it might actually know. just exist. I gotta go. Oh, I gotta go turn off the fucking air conditioner. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, my fucking, fucking God. Chick who can't get ready for a fucking date. <laughs> Fuck you. Is that how your feminine side expresses itself? <laughs> I, I am also completely incapable of getting out the door in anything like on time. Oh, no. but, uh, but I'm also pretty gender fluid, so it makes sense. Well, there you go. Alrighty. <laughs> you haven't seen me in panties yet, have you? Um, no. Um. <laughs> hmm. Meet me after class, young man. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, here's a good one. And wow. about an hour before we got to South Texas on a federal prison bus, Folsom Prison Blues came on the radio. And oh my God. the driver turned it up and everybody, including the guards, sang along to it while we drove down the road on the way to prison. And it was one of those moments where you're like, it, this is like a weird movie scene that is... <laughs> yeah, because you realize wow, it's never, never going to happen again in your life. That's like that's a once-in-a-lifetime <laughs> thing that you're singing Folsom Prison Blues with prison guards on a prison bus on the way to a federal prison in South Texas. And uh, <laughs> we did do that. That's insane. That's fucking insane. It was awesome. We totally, I mean, they cranked it up and everybody was fucking singing along. And so every time I hear that song, I think, fuck Texas. I never want to go back there. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually what I think, you know. <laughs> oh, man. That is, that is a weird fucking experience that you could never, if you saw that in a movie, you'd be like, oh, that would never happen. That's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Texas. Fuck Texas. I didn't want to go back there again. <laughs> so you know do you know how this this toggles balls thing started? Uh I do not I presumed that it was just the uh the uh high pitch of your voice. Well, so <laughs> here's what had happened was uh I was creating the website and I was putting in some stuff just like you know, mock up some like little like uh, biographies for for us, uh-huh. and so I put together a biography and I said something about how my how it sounds like my balls haven't dropped or something like that because mm-hmm. uh, I thought it was funny. And but it was just a throwaway line. And I guess one day he read that and just thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. So mm-hmm. uh, that's how that started. So I did this to myself. It's basically the the moral of the story. <laughs> I did it to myself. I'm the one to blame. <laughs> um, what is this about pictures of Fausti's penis? Oh, I never got to see it. <clears throat> really? I have pictures. Really? <laughs> yes, I Cuck- do. 
color me curious. I'm a curious kitty. He's got a big old cock, man. I uh, don't doubt it. He seems like a dude who had a big old cock. Oh, man. Like, I was like, wow, that is a, that's a big cock. <laughs> 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 that was my reaction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it also hangs a little lower because he's got that big fucking like piercing in it, and so oh, I, was I like, didn't know about that. Yeah. Oh, I remember what this is. This is one of our conversations where he was talking about. Um, uh, here, I'll let him talk to you about it. I, I will say at one, at one point that I was actually involved in a, a absurdly, you know. Um, <laughs> overstretched um, ridiculous uh, claims in federal court that I was involved in Inazumi stuff and there was a proposal made to my lawyer at the time that they wanted to bring me in to take pictures of my penis to compare it to a picture of a penis they found on the internet or something oh so my God. <laughs> and my lawyer actually bless his heart he actually just laughed at the prosecutor when they suggested this like are you fucking crazy what are you talking you about want, you want to take a picture of my client's penis and it never went anywhere. I mean, it was such a stupid fucking question that it literally just died on the vine, which shows you just how stupid that must be for it to die on the vine with a prosecutor intent on, you know, causing you know, horror to me and my family. So that, well, you know, but if they have video and it looks, you know, there's a, a mole on your penis that could identify you and, you know, a, um, a CSI Miami says that, you know, they can, the police can use, yeah, well, stop watching TV for your, you know, legal advice. And in practical terms, no, they're not going to identify you based on your penis. So that's not a thing, and you're not going to get prosecuted for that. Though you should be careful about what other stuff is in videos or pictures, because who knows how it might get out someday and harm you or someone you love. Pictures of his dick, man. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Are they? Oh, well, I mean, I've got pictures of his dick, but, like, I didn't try to prosecute him for zoo porn. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I was, I was like, wow, dude, how crazy is his dick? But like, <laughs> Yo, his dick is mad crazy. Yo, you have never seen a dick like this in your life. That's a fucking crazy dick, yo. It's got, it's got three heads on it. What? What? <laughs> this is a good, this is a history lesson. Here we go. Uh, my telegram is Digital McKee. D-I-G-I-T-A-L-M-A-Q-U-I-S, I think. What the fuck is a McKee? Uh, the McKee were, was the French resistance to the Nazis, you fucking moron. Oh, okay. Come on, man. I was like, was yeah. it like a McCall? <laughs> uh, no, that is uh, no, that is the McKee. The, the McKee were. I don't know shit about France. Effective. Come on. <clears throat> but that's cool to know. They were the most effective resistance organization against the Nazis anywhere. Period. That's awesome. even without help from the from the uh, UK. They got shit done at a level that really very few people have matched since then. That's fucking so, dope. Like, I love that. Yeah, the the McKee were able to resist the Nazis despite overwhelming force, and so I always kind of use them as my well, example of what you can do. When well then, your mind to v- it. vive <laughs> la resistance. Dope. A little more insight. I thought uh, Maloney. I thought Maloney would like that one. This Not is terrible. Much. I like my. I like listening to me talk. Very good. You don't. You cannot kiss my ass. There's nothing narcissistic about that, which is you know fortunate. <laughs> I I do. I think I have. Pleasure, pleasurable tones. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's if you went out on a date and you said that, that date would be over. Right there. <laughs> I'd be like, anyway, uh, whoa, holy shit! I just got an emergency text message. I have to go brush my teeth. Gotta go. <clears throat> <That's> done. <laughs> my, my, 
my voice has oh my pleasurable God. tones. Wow, man, I'm out of here. <laughs> you are fucking loopy. Get away fast. <clears throat> pleasurable tones. Oh, shit. It's like fucking serial killer shit. <laughs> Listen to the mouth. Listen, listen to my pleasurable tones. You know? The only way you can get somebody to listen is with a whole lot of duct tape. You know, it's the only way you ever got somebody to sit down and tell them, "Yes, sir, your tones are so pleasurable. Please don't duct tape me anymore." Ah. <laughs> listen to the melody of my voice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing creepy about that. It's so totally kind of comfortable. <sighs> Would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. <laughs> That's such a great reference. Just, uh, it's just always appropriate. I mean, particularly when you just drop it in in the middle of a conversation. I'd fuck me. I'd and fuck I've me. seen people do that in con- like in the middle of meetings and stuff. And I'm like, that's just fucking you know boss move right there. That's awesome. I'd oh fuck my me. God. The whole meeting is like, me. what? <laughs> well, my, ch- my cheeks hurt from laughing so hard. I know. I know, I know. My throat's like aching. <laughs> <laughs> this is after a segment. Well, I will say with that tumescence inducing summary of English common law, we will return to, I think, sponsors or something, Toggle. What nope, are we returning to? This is the end to? of the episode. This is the end. Well, no, we have an outro that we already did. Yeah, right? it's already done. So it's done, right. So what we're going to do is act like we're just continuing into an outro that is naturally flowing from this discussion, even though actually we yeah. recorded the outro a couple days ago and it's already finished. So, But act like <laughs> this is part. So that was my part, take it yeah, out th- Faustian there, there is probably go. where I'm going to cut. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. This is fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. That was a good conversation. All right, let's go. Oh. And I appreciate you taking the time. It's it's not a um, it's something I love to talk about, but it's not always clear how to talk about it in a way that isn't off-putting and useless. So hopefully, I got. Right. But I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. Good. Uh, and I, I, I am going to s- step away from my machine and <laughs> let this uh, creepy southerner do whatever thing he does before he goes back to fighting to reinstate slavery or whatever Southerners do when we're not. <laughs> uh, Zeman was in the studio that day. Oh. <laughs> so lounging around naked, no less. So that's mm-hmm. how we roll. <clears throat> fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that dude's hot. Yeah, dude. I'd fuck. I have fucked him. Yes. Mm, uh, lucky for I, I there there wasn't such an opportunity. I met him at the dog park, and then uh, we went and got some Mexican food right after that. And then I had to head on to the next state that I was going to. Um, we hadn't I hadn't I hadn't felt him out enough to to have sex anyway at that point. It was literally just that we we just met, and it wasn't actually until I think you sent me some pictures, and I was like. <gasps> Oh my god, dude! I, it's, like, I, it's like I super want to fuck Seaman. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, I love that dude. And, we know, all and, fuck. Yeah, I'm I'm super happy about that. This is the first. Um, <laughs> no, like for real. This is the first. Um, I don't know, like group of friends that that I've actually been a part of where that's like a thing or a potential thing you know yeah even it's cool. in the, in the rave scene it was I was still kind of sexually on the on the outside you know like I never hooked up with anybody and mm-hmm. it was it was kind of um 
being in that environment and still not feeling a part of it was oh. you know kind of kind of kind of kind of a bummer yeah it's um, really to sad be, to be real so um I'm I'm pretty stoked to be honest. Like I, I was super happy the other night. I, I was literally not not even just turned on, but happy um, to Aww. to have everybody just um, you know being horny with each other. Yeah, it's just not something I'm 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 used to. It's the kind of thing like, wow, people actually do this, and and I'm welcome too. <laughs> <laughs> we have a really like we have a really like sweet and loving dynamic here at Zero yeah. Now, and mm-hmm. you know. Everyone's super fucking cute. Can't help it. Mm-hmm. I, um, I can't be helped. I can't be helped. <laughs> Sir, is it not true that you and I have in the past uh, had a discussion <laughs> in regards to having an episode in the future of Zooier Than Thou uh, that uh, takes up the topic of native voices and the uh, native perspectives on cross-species uh, connectivity and our community as something that would be interesting for, uh, in particular, the two of us to perhaps pursue. Is that correct? Canis? Canis? Oh, that was, that was towards you, I thought. That was, no, that's no, you that hadn't was had that conversation. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, that no, was, you did have that conversation with me. I was confused yes, because I thought right, that was a leading yes. question targeted towards no, Toggle. No. no, that was not. That is okay. a leading question yes, towards you. Have. Uh, we did. <laughs> that is the correct answer. Thank you. Um, uh, uh, yes, we although did. I would, yes, we did. I would Sorry. certainly be called out for leading the witness in an actual courtroom were I to pursue such a leading question as that. However, I obviously did not do a very good job of it because I did not lead my witness effectively to the answer that I was looking for, which is to say yes. <laughs> Canis and I did, in fact, have a very interesting, <laughs> albeit somewhat brief, conversation yes. about the, the topic of uh, uh, native perspectives and native voices as a uh, wonderful and exciting uh, opportunity for a future zero than that episode. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of Canis, mm-hmm. let's get on that shit. Fuck yeah, that's such a yeah. good idea. Oh my god, dude! As soon as Canis is um, is uh, available to do that, I'm sure he's going to want to be all over it. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's like uh, on the one hand, you know, it's unfortunate that it won't be him and Doug having that conversation, but it'll still be wonderful because, as you know, from talking to Canis privately, I mean, that dude has so much to say about, Mm. I mean, so many things, but I mean, the way that being a zoo and the way that um, zooiness itself um, is fundamental to the human condition, really, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. is something that I've I've never heard put quite that way out i mean he 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 doug and sigma definitely think about things um and uh, zoos places in the world in uh, in a much more i don't know how to say it like integrative way than i've ever yeah. heard outside mm-hmm. of the three of them offhand you know yeah that's that's kind of why it's great that we had Fausti come and kind of give us direction because we kind of start with that foundation and, and mm-hmm. um, it helps us uh, kind of form our thesis, if you will, for Zavir and Now. It helps us to to not be um, conceptually constrained in ways that we might have otherwise been, you know, because yeah. um, I, I mean, to be real with you, like when I was first starting to think about um, what a zoo podcast might be. I, and, and I mentioned that to you, that it was just before zoo Year than now. Um, mm-hmm. 
first episode that the, the concept occurred to me independently. And then it turned out that you guys were already on it. And I was like, oh, okay, wow. Um, <laughs> that, that it seemed to me there, there was kind of um, a, a doubt in my mind where it was like, well, how much is there really to say? And it seemed like there, there, the part of my mind was grasping and wanting there to be more than was apparent to me at the time. And it really wasn't until um, meeting and, and having conversations and being um, party to conversations with Doug and um, and Canis that uh, the reality that there is a hell of a lot to say um, yeah. about Zeus, who we are, and how we fit into the whole picture. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that became a reality, you know, that uh, that, it, that it wasn't just, um, you know, an empty grasping. In fact, it's um, it, it's a it, there, there's something there that as human it's, beings, we're, we're incomplete without that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, without zoos in the picture, uh, the, the picture is incomplete in, in yeah. a way that people are going to be, well, wait a minute. What 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 went here? Why is this piece missing? Because the, this seems like it connects to so many other things. What went here? And it's, as it turns out, it's zoos that go there. Right. right. Uh, we talked about a lot. Um, the like the whole idea of domesticating animals starts with uh, fundamental respect of those animals, and that is mm-hmm. uh, very zooey and and an attraction to them. Right. You, you, if you right. So it's not. It's like <laughs> who the um, fuck else is going to take the time to do that? <laughs> right. Learning to yeah. communicate with them. You know. Empathizing with them and all of that—that's very sweet. You think I think about like a lot of zoos. Uh, you remember last episode, Comet was talking about how that one zoo file was always called in to the uh, animal shelter when they had a dog or an animal that they could not—that was unruly. Sure. And he was like, he was like the the animal whisperer. He would calm them down. Uh, he they would respond to his presence. Um, and that is, uh, I don't think all zoos have that, but no. that is a very zooey trait. I mean, not all gay men are great interior decorators either, you know. Well, that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think that that is the fundamental thing that zoos bring to the table is uh-huh. that partnership with the rest of the world. And mm-hmm. our partnership extends more deeply than other people's. Here is a conversation I had with Doug about zoophiles. Right, I don't know what you were, uh, you're like, I have to disagree with you, Toggle. Like, but I I agreed with you. (laughs) I'm still disagreeing with you. Whatever it is that you said, I disagree. Respectfully or otherwise. (laughs) Also, I really love that you say zoophile because I got made fun of for saying zoophile. What are you supposed to say? Yeah, it's zoophile. But, you know, to me, it was zoophile. Yeah. That makes more sense, right? That's how how I've always heard it. Because, you know. That's how I've always said it. And then someone was like, ugh. Why do you you put that extra O in there? Did they actually do the uh? I don't know. It was like. I want to hear the the, uh again. Ugh. Is it like a a teenager? Ugh. God. Uh. Yeah. God, yeah. you're such a square. Yeah, I, get that, toggle. I get that a lot. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> so now I say zoophile instead of zoophile. It's third. Zoophile. Both, zoophile. They're both clunky as fuck, but whatever. You work with what you've got, you know. <clears throat> so. Um, it was like, yeah, it's like zoologist. You know, zoologist. There's just two zoos, two zoos. Zoologist. 
Yeah, I mean, zoo. So the first three letters are zoo. I don't know. Seems... What would I know? It's not like this is a topic I've had anything to do with for the last 30 years. So I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure there's some random dude okay. on Twitter who knows more than I do about this. That is the nature yeah, of Twitter. We managed to man- stretch this out for 40 minutes. Well, that is something because for me, I've always said zoophile. I have also always said zoophile. But the thing is that lately I've been tending more towards zoophile and not not quite eliminating that O altogether, but yeah, like almost zoophile. more... more yeah, more more hinting like at it uh, than actually like an, uh, saying it. Yeah, yeah like, like the, the little upside down A letter. Yeah, this is kind of like a little. It's more like a little divot between zoo and file than <laughs> an actual uh, yeah, zoophile. 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 Mm-hmm. Zoophile. Zoophile. It's an extra syllable. It's zoophile. a good. It's a good word to me. I, I've loved the word zoophile. Since I have I too. First I think it's a great I, word, and it's uh, so strange that some people want to like get rid of it. No. But it's so. I love it's. It has pleasurable tones. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, I mean, I've, I've identified as a zoophile since before I knew the term. I went looking for the term specifically because I knew that there had to be a word that, you know, and I wanted to find out what is the word that means what I am. And when I found it, I, I fell in love with it instantly and I haven't fallen out of love with it. So this has been great. I loved it. was so much fun talking with you about, you know, some of these clips. Uh, thanks for hanging out and listening and, uh, keeping me company for this episode absolutely and thank you for listening zoos i hope that you found this uh super entertaining uh and we look forward to seeing you soon come back (laughs) y'all i do (laughs) y'all y'all come back now you hear yeah all right take us out (laughs) thanks friends for listening to zooier than thou the new season of Zoot starts March 15th. Beware of the Ides of March. Don't let it pass you by. You can subscribe to the podcast via our Zooey RSS feed. Just point your favorite podcast client at rss.zoo.wtf and off you go. You can find us anywhere fine podcasts are distributed. YouTube, Alexa, or the one you thought invented podcasts. WTF, our podcast website is still zoo.wtf. Our Twitter is at zooier than thou, and you can follow Zooey's naughty advice at askzooey. Follow me, Lovecat, at a cat who loves you, and toggle at one big grumpy rat. A reminder that we have a form that enables anonymous submissions to the podcast on our website, zoo.wtf. You can tell us your favorite outtake. Ask Zooey on a date in Maui. Or send us your alt-right anti-zoo manifesto. You can also simply email us at mail at zoo.wtf. How male is it? Its profile on Grinder says mask for mask. That's pretty male. If this podcast has changed your life for the better, share it with a friend who could use some zooey positivity in their life. All non-humans who contributed to this podcast have made the effort to pay close attention to the subtle signals of human body language in a sincere effort to try to understand human social conventions, which makes absolutely no fucking sense whatsoever. Possession is nine-tenths of the law, but maybe it's better to treat your animals like people instead of possessions. A reminder to donate to our Help Save My Dot Dog campaign. Even if you've contributed before, please consider contributing again. Help Jason's dog, Lucy, walk again. With season two on the brink, community and compassion are at the forefront. We all know what it's like to have animals with medical needs. Let's show the non-zoos how we roll. I'm Love Cat, baby. Love Cat. And I'm Toggle Rat. 
friend. And you've almost finished listening to Zooier Than Thou. Stay defiant, fellow zoos. We'll see you next time you feel like howling on the moon. I think that ain't a bad howl for a cat. Uh, <laughs> that was good.